The following is a Westminster Seminary, California morning devotion given by Dr. Joshua Venee. For more information about this message or about Westminster Seminary, California, visit us online, wscal.edu, or call 888-480-8474. Online, wscal.edu, or call 888-480-8474. Good morning. Welcome to uh, our chapel here. Uh, Let's begin with prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, as uh, we read and think and meditate upon your word, we pray that you will bless uh, our time and uh, give us insight uh, through your spirit and uh, encourage us, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, So I'm going to read here uh, from Exodus chapter 24, 9 through 11, and, uh, and then we'll be adding some other passages as as we go through. Uh, Then Moses and Aaron, Nadab and Abihu, and 70 of the elders of Israel went up, and they saw the God of Israel. There was under his feet, as it were, a pavement of sapphire stone, like the very heaven for clearness. And he did not lay his hand on the chief men of the people of Israel. They beheld God and ate and drank. As, uh, as was probably introduced last week, we're doing a series on eating with God, and as I reflect on that, it seems particularly appropriate uh, for this year of struggles that we're presently in when we can't even eat with one another um, very often as normal. And uh, I'm coming to you live here from a chapel with a uh, just two people in it uh, because of what, what we have going on. Um, but our, our text this morning is, uh, is one that uh, would be a classic for this idea of eating with God and a very early text in that. Uh, very brief, um, but astonishing in its description. And uh, as we look in one sense, it's illustrating very much what, uh, what we still look forward to, and yet it has its limits. Uh, as we'll see um, in the command earlier that this is a fulfillment of, uh, we see that uh, we could say that this is even a COVID-approved uh, um, uh, meeting because they were to bow down from a distance. Uh, and so that is still important as we think about it. Uh, so to look at this text, uh, we're going we're gonna to situate it in the timeline uh, because I think it's important uh, to see how it fits in the Sinai Covenant. And so we're going to tie it in Exodus uh, 19 to 24 and think about that timeline and, uh, and then see how it's a fulfillment, but in many ways a two-way fulfillment uh, of that covenant. And uh, then our final point is we'll think about what it has to teach us. Uh, about our present and, uh, and our future. Uh, so first, that timeline. Uh, our passage is this culmination that uh, starts out in Exodus 19, this making of the Sinai Covenant. And then it is a transition or ties into what, uh, what follows, uh, the instructions for the tabernacle. Uh, and I think it's important for us to see those. But it is a hard section uh, to follow. If you've uh, read through it uh, recently in English, uh, 
you know there's, there's a bunch of different stuff in Exodus 19 to 24. Especially you have two uh, chunks of law there, the Ten Commandments uh, and then the Covenant Code. And, uh, and on a side note, um, if you read it, it's interesting to try to figure out how many times Moses goes up and down Sinai. And uh, for those of you who are step counters out there, I imagine Moses would have had really good numbers um, as he was going through this. But as, as we think of this timeline, in brief, uh, we have in chapter 19, Israel arriving at Sinai. And at the beginning of 19, we, could ha- we have what we could call that offer of the covenant. Uh, so verses 4 through 6 of 19 there, uh, um, and we'll pick up actually end of 3 there. Thus you shall say to the house of Jacob and tell the people of Israel, you yourselves have seen what I did to the Egyptians and how I bore you on eagles' wings and brought you to myself. Now, therefore, if you will indeed obey my voice and keep my covenant, you shall be my treasured possession among all peoples, for all the earth is mine, and you shall be to me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. These are the words that you shall speak to the people of Israel. Uh, So this is is, um, God, through Moses, offering this covenant to the people, uh, recalling what he's done, In the Exodus, uh, his care, his goal of bringing them to himself and uh, and offering this special relationship. uh, That if they agree to keep this covenant, obey, uh, they will be this treasured, his own own possession, a kingdom of priests, a holy nation. Uh, And and, uh, the people respond, uh, and yet they still need to hear those terms. What are the terms of this covenant? What are these laws that God is referencing? Uh, and so then um, what, we, what we get next is, is really preparing for that. Now that, uh, that they, have off, they have accepted this offer of the covenant, now they need to meet with the God of the covenant. Uh, and so... Um, Moses, he had gone up and down, and now he goes up and down again as uh, God tells him uh, the instructions as uh, they are to prepare, prepare for this meeting with God at Sinai. Uh, and, uh, and so there's barriers around the mountain as they're set up, uh, as they are to approach, and they are to consecrate themselves in, uh, in various ways, washings and such. Uh, and so then we get uh, that brief description of it in Exodus 19, verses 16. Uh, on the morning of the third day, there were thunders and lightnings and a thick cloud on the mountain and a very loud trumpet blast so that all the people in the camp trembled. Then Moses brought the people out to the camp to meet God. And they took their stand at the foot of the mountain. Now Sinai was wrapped in smoke because the Lord had descended on it in fire. The smoke of it went up like the smoke of a kiln, and the whole mountain trembled greatly. And as the sound of the trumpet grew louder and louder, Moses spoke, and God answered him in thunder. Um, And... And this moves on, and it's a little unclear, the next passage there, whether this is um, how this exactly fits in, but it, it moves on into God then speaking the law. 
the law there in chapter 20, the Ten Commandments uh, as we know of it. This is what Israel was agreeing to obey. Um, And yet we have Israel, uh, when God is coming there, they were trembling as as we read in that. And after that uh, giving of the Ten Commandments, uh, we also also get their response. Um, This response of of God coming to them and the fear that they had um, with that. And uh, and so um, we, we see that at the end of 20 there. Uh, verse 18 uh, and following. Now when all the people saw the thunder and the flashes of lightning and the sound of the trumpet and the mountain smoking, the people were afraid and trembled. And they stood far off and said to Moses, you speak to us and we will listen, but do not let God speak to us lest we die. Moses said to the people, do not fear for God has come to test you that the fear of him may be before you that you may not sin. The people stood far off while Moses drew near to the thick darkness where God was. Uh, And so the people have uh, asked for the rest of the law to come through this mediator. Uh, And uh, and that's what we get uh, in chapters 21 through 23 and even into that beginning of 24. Um, this is all what, uh, what God is saying is, is the substance of the covenant that he's offered to Israel that uh, they are to agree to and to obey. Um, and, and so we finally get to chapter 24. They've agreed to the offer. God has come to them. And now we've had this presentation of the law um, what that substance of the covenant is, both as God speaking and now through Moses as that mediator. And, uh, and so now we get this confirmation, this actual making of the covenant uh, in chapter 24. Uh, and so um, 3 through 8 records uh, what we have there um, as, uh, as Moses again comes to the people now that God has given him all of these words and, uh, and he declares them and, uh, and he reads them to them. Um, and we'll, we'll start up in, in verse 4 there. And Moses wrote down all the words of the Lord and he arose early in the morning and built an altar at the foot of the mountain and 12 pillars according to the 12 tribes of Israel. And he sent young men of the people of Israel who offered burnt offerings and sacrificed peace offerings of oxen to the Lord. And Moses took half of the blood and put it in basins and half of the blood he threw against the altar. Then he took the book of the covenant and read it in the hearing of the people. And they said, all that the Lord has spoken, we will do and we will be obedient. And Moses threw, he took the blood and threw it on the people and said, Behold the blood of the covenant that the Lord has made with you in accordance with all these words. And so this is the, they had agreed in principle. And now that they know all of these words, they are agreeing in finality to this covenant. This covenant made by offerings, by sacrifice, uh, this blood sprinkled, dashed against the altar, and, uh, and thrown upon the people. And it's only at this point that we now get our text. Uh, this text that is a 
fulfillment of the end of God's command to Moses up on the mountain at the beginning of 24.1. Uh, 24.1 and 2, there he says, Then he said to Moses, Come up to the Lord, you and Aaron, Nadab and Abihu, and 70 of the elders of Israel, and worship from afar. And then Moses, later he's to come up near to the Lord alone, uh, but the others shall, shall not come near, and the people shall not come up with him. Uh, and that is, uh, is what we have fulfilled in our text, and then after our text, as Moses then goes up um, to the top of the mountain to God and meets with him there, and, uh, and we get the instructions for the tabernacle. Uh, so I bring all of that up um, to really see how this ties in uh, with the covenant. This is a fulfillment of the covenant, uh, but in two ways. Uh, God's presence is the focus of our text. Um, but his presence was already there uh, as he descended on Sinai, put his glory on display, speaking his law. But in contrast to that, in many ways, this, there's something new here. There's a different level as God invites this group to approach, there's a calm about it that stands out from the fire, the smoke, the thunder, and the lightning that was there. And I'll argue it's this dual fulfillment because God's presence is brought about by the covenant, uh, and also God's presence brings about what was offered in the covenant. Uh, and, uh, and so as we, as we think on that, his presence is brought about by the covenant. Uh, what we have here, I would say, as we think of, uh, look at verse 10, what, uh, what they do is we have the royal audience and hospitality. Um, uh, verse 10, focusing on that royal audience. Uh, they saw God, they saw the God of Israel, there was under his feet, as it were, a pavement of sapphire, maybe better, lapis lazuli, uh, like the very heavens for clearness. Uh, this is, as we, as we saw, fulfilling what 24.1 uh, had commanded. Bring up this audience, and uh, what uh, is translated there, worship, is, um, is that word that can also be to bow down. Uh, to prostrate oneself. Uh, and I think that's very much uh, important as we think of this. Uh, they have just completed, made this covenant, and now they come. Now their king, uh, the lord of this covenant, has invited him, had them in as a reception. They've been granted access to his heavenly courtroom. Uh, and so... Uh, they are to come up, this bowing down is, is your sign of respect, reverence, uh, that you can see for, for um, uh, both with people and, uh, and certainly with God. Uh, and uh, their physical posture isn't, isn't the emphasis in our text, um, but very much what that involves. When they go into the courtyard, what do they do? They see God. They see their king. 
Uh, and the, the focus isn't on, on a description of God here, uh, but instead giving that idea of, of uh, what it was like, uh, what it was like round about, and here really underneath his feet, uh, this lapis lazuli uh, was often used in uh, temples and such, and uh, the blue color uh, associated with the heavens. And uh, how exactly, if they're looking up through this or down on it, we don't see. But this is, this is God in his heavenly temple, in his uh, heavenly courtroom. Uh, and, uh, and they've been invited into it. Uh, they've been invited to come there because of this covenant. And verse 11 then uh, focuses on, really we could say, this hospitality. Uh, and he did not lay his hand on the chief men of the people of Israel. Instead, they beheld God and ate and drank. It's setting up this contrast. They had hospitality, not hostility. Uh, he didn't strike them. That's what the text wants to emphasize at, their, at the beginning there. He didn't send out his hand against them. Uh, but instead, in contrast, there is provided this meal. They saw God, they gazed on God, and they ate and they drank. Now, the text doesn't tell us what did they eat, what did they drink, did they bring up sacrifices from that uh, offering that they had just made down below. We certainly know God can provide uh, in the wilderness for his people. Uh, but it, it shows, this meal shows this lack of hosti hostility. Instead, there's now care, there's protection, uh, and this is this intimacy of the relationship brought about by the covenant. And we could say it, it, it could have also other functions, this group that has been chosen uh, they certainly are representing the people before God uh, as they enter in before their new covenant Lord, uh, but also it, it's commissioning them. Uh, they are the ones who have been selected and, and will be the ones uh, to, uh, to enforce his, his covenant with the people. Um, uh, as you think of uh, the, prof, um, sorry, the priests, you have them there, and then you have these elders, and, uh, and certainly Moses. Uh, and so there's this similarity, uh, at least with the later prophets, as, as they get uh, commissioned by coming into the divine council, uh, so here with, uh, with these leaders. Uh, but lastly, it, it, as we... Um, uh, this is also this model for all of Israel. Uh, for all of Israel later at the tabernacle. Uh, this was this unique event in Israel's history, and yet it was to be replicated at the tabernacle throughout their history. Uh, this place of meeting at Sinai was now to be made into a movable place of meeting uh, in the tabernacle. And, uh, and so, uh, just as God came down at Sinai, his glory was shown there at the end of Exodus. His glory comes down on the tabernacle. And as uh, people come 
has, uh, every Israelite had to three times a year as people come. Uh, that language of coming to see God is again used, and they are not to come empty-handed, but come and ready to rejoice in fellowship before the Lord. Uh, that's meal imagery uh, as they bring their offerings. And certainly the priests experience it uh, even in a more intimate way uh, in their special access. And, uh, uh, but this, this presence, we want to say, has that second part, this other fulfillment, is that God's presence also brings about what this covenant had promised. So it's, it's, they can have it because of the covenant. It's showing what, uh, um, what the covenant has, has secured, uh, but it's also bringing about what that covenant was even promising because it's, it's what marked Israel. God's presence is what made them distinct. Uh, all the earth is the Lord's, as he said there in Exodus 19. And yet, if you will obey, if you will enter into this covenant, you will be to me this special, uh, this distinct people. Uh, and you will be a kingdom of priests, holy nation. Uh, where do you need priests? Uh, where do you get holiness? It's with God's presence. Uh, and so it is his presence that really brings about that reality of the promises of what's set before Israel uh, in that covenant. This was God's goal in the Exodus, to take a people to himself and to dwell with them. Well, how do we think of it now, our relationship with us? And... We start out, as we say, we're in a better covenant with better promises. Because there was this problem with the Mosaic. It wasn't on God's side. It was on Israel's. As we read in that making of the covenant, they said, all that the Lord has spoken, we will do and we will be obedient. And as we read in the text, Aaron is there with his sons and these leaders eating before God. And yet, we only have to turn a few pages. Moses goes up, he's getting the, the, uh, the plans for that tabernacle that uh, would be God's presence with them. And what is Israel doing? What is Aaron leading them in down below? But they want God's presence in their way as they make the golden calf. And so Moses comes down and sees it and shatters those tablets. That covenant is broken. But we can say we even saw it earlier in this covenant-making process, as, as that presence of God comes and the people shudder, uh, as they hear his voice and they pull back, uh, as they are to, to bow down from a distance, uh, as we think of the tabernacle and it's emphasized the barriers, the barriers to God's presence that uh, uh, needs to be taken. And so, even in the Old Testament, the prophets, they're already looking forward to something new, something better. 
Something that still had that same goal, God taking to himself a people and dwelling with them. But something needs to change. And we know that it's not that we are more obedient. No, instead, we know that this new covenant has a new foundation uh, so that it cannot be broken. God himself would be that one to obey uh, through his incarnation. Jesus, the God-man, he would be obedient even to death to save his people from their sin. And uh, I'm sure throughout this, uh, this series, my colleagues will trace the themes of God's presence in the New Testament, how the new covenant enables it and how it forms who we are as new covenant members. And how all of those barriers are done away with Christ and his work. But I just want to close with the image of the meal picked up by Jesus, picked up in, uh, from Exodus 24, and that speaks of both our present and our future. And so from Matthew 26... 26 through 29. Now as they were eating, Jesus took bread and after blessing it, broke it and gave it to the disciples and said, take, eat, this is my body. And he took a cup and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them saying, drink of it, all of you, for this is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. I tell you, I will not drink it again. I will not drink again of this fruit of the vine until that day when I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. And so our foretaste is now God calling us into his presence, feeding us in his supper. But a greater future awakes. A greater future, no shuddering, no fearing, no keeping at a distance like Israel as we partake then of the marriage supper of the land. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for these images of, uh, of what, uh, what we look forward to and, and, uh, um, and how it shows even what we now get to partake in. And uh, we pray that we will be encouraged through that in our struggles and our trials in this life uh, as we look forward to that day when Jesus will return all will be made new. And we pray that you will bear us up until that day. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Copyright 2021, Westminster Seminary, California. All rights reserved. You are permitted to reproduce and distribute this material in any format, provided that you do not alter the wording in any way, and that you do not charge a fee beyond the cost of reproduction. For web posting, a link to this document on our website is preferred.